You're listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Pamela Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. We were praying yesterday and talking and praying to the Lord about some things and then this morning and we didn't find out until the Holy Spirit really didn't share with us until a little bit later. But actually, Miss Pamela is going to exhort you right now. She is going to grab that preacher mic and she's just going to prophesy, cast out devils. No, she's going to do good. So, so no pressure, no. And, uh, I, you know, I tell her she always has to be, so for all of you that think I don't let her preach, okay, I ask her to preach at least once a month all the time. And she said, no, I have to get something from God. I said, well, I have to preach every week. What do you mean? Yeah, well, that's you. You have to do that. So anyways, but here's the key. Here's the key. But no, God has given her a word for you this morning. So get ready. Let's give a good warm harvest Bible to her. Pastor Pamela, come on up here. <laughs> okay. Amen. Well, it's always an honor to, um, to minister God's word. And, you know, I just want to, I do want to just put this out there that I don't like being the certificate Bible pastor outer and you get to hold the babies. It's not, it's not right. I want to be in the baby holding part next time. (laughs) Well, you're all my witnesses. It's torment. I have to stand there and you get to kill the cuddle, the babies. And I'm, here's a certificate. (laughs) Okay. All right. That sounds good. I feel bad. I have to get, I have to get the awe out of my heart, right? I have to get the resentment, the bitterness. (laughs) Got to repent. (laughs) They're so cute. Those little babies. Oh, I love babies. Well, Father, we just, we do thank you. We do praise you this morning for your word, your word, which is truth, your word, which is life-giving, your word that God is so powerful and immovable. And God, it's upon that word that we stand, the words of Jesus Christ we've built our lives upon. And so, Father, right now, we just, I just commit this time to you that, Lord, you would share your heart. Lord, you know what each person is walking through in this room. Lord, you know exactly what they need to hear, what exhortation, what encouragement, just whatever they need this morning, God, I just pray in Jesus' name that you would just speak to their hearts and that, Lord, whatever's on your heart this morning, God, that you would just cause me to speak your heart. We honor you. We love you. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, we just had a women's uh, leadership retreat, you know, last weekend. And it was, it just seems like it gets, every year just gets stronger and better. And just Harvest Bible Church, you are so beautiful. And um, you're so wonderful. And, you know, this last time we got to take uh, people who volunteer for the children's department and for the breakfast um, crew and of course some prayer team and you know we just had some different leadership there and I really believe in investing into our leadership making you to be a better leader is making you to serve God you know uh, with more confidence and just to know um, just know how to serve and how to how to lead a, a leader is a servant amen, amen. and um, and I wanted to share because I really feel like it's such a it's so appropriate the message that the Lord had given me for the retreat that I want to bring it here to you as well um, 
for all of Harvest Bible Church, and I think it's very appropriate as well, as today is a kickoff luncheon for the new ministry that um, Harvest Bible Church has started, which is Community Action Team. And they will be doing their luncheon, of course, afterwards. And so this, I believe, really, really will give you an oomph to the, <laughs> give you some oomph, you know, um, because uh, there's a word that the Lord gave me. It's one word, and the word is influence. The word influence is, is such an incredible, powerful word in the hour that we live in because there is so many things that influence us. And um, we were talking at the retreat and some of our young little millennials brought up the point that TikTok, that people who do TikTok and do professional, um, you know, TikTok for all of you that don't know, I don't even know what it is either. I just know it's little videos, but <laughs> we'll get a millennial up here to explain it a little better. But they're, they're little video things that people make and they do like dances and just crazy stuff. But people go on there and they're called influencers. Okay. And so, and it's interesting that they're called influencers because they influence people to do stupid stuff, right? Like swallow a Tide Pod, you know, remember when they were doing that? You know, um, how many marshmallows can you stuff in your mouth? You know, I, you know, just crazy things, but God has called us as the church to be influencers. And let me give you the definition of what influence says. Um, The word influence actually means the capacity to have an effect on the character, the development, or the behavior of someone or something. And so you can see influence is, is a very powerful thing because it can affect the entire character of somebody. It can, can affect the development of something and it can affect behavior. And we know, of course, media today is a powerful influence, you know, and, um, and there's a lot of drama in the media. A lot of it's, you know, um, a lot of hogwash and baloney all mixed up in one to present you news. And, um, and it influences us. It causes us, it stirs us up. It makes us react. It causes us to respond. And, um, and so, you know, Jesus said, if you would turn with me to Matthew chapter five, he made a very important claim when he was talking to, um, to his disciples in regards to the word, uh, the definition of influence in Matthew chapter five, verse 13, it says this, Jesus speaking to his disciples, he says, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? And can you imagine, or excuse me, can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, the lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Salt, light, these are definitions or expressions, word descriptions of influence. You know, I, I love to cook, and sometimes when I use my salt, I undersalt. 
And it's like, it's bland. And then sometimes I oversalt. <laughs> How many have ever oversalted? And then it's like, it's, it's horrible because it's just too salty. You know, and, um, and so, you know, I believe sometimes that we as Christians, we can be under salty. We can be not as influential as we should be because we change the flavor. Everywhere you go, you should change the flavor of what's being said, of what's being spoken. But we can be over salty. We could try to pour the whole salt thing right on top of people's heads and just let them have it. And you know, that's no good, right? That's, that's bad. And same with light that as, as a person of Jesus Christ, as a, as a, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, that means that I carry the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ everywhere I go. And that should be an influence. That means when I'm standing in the supermarket, when I'm, you know, waiting in the, in the McDonald's line, when I'm standing at a coffee shop and everybody's getting so irritated at the workers because there's two workers and 300 people trying to order a coffee. Come on. We as Christians need to have influence and we need to be encouragers. We need to not be like the world that is getting frustrated. You know, we, you know, that's such a privilege and opportunity for you to speak life to those people that are serving you and working and trying to get your, your coffee and your hot dog and whatever you ordered as fast and as quickly as they can. But we have been given a privilege to have influence. And in this time, and, and, and I believe that, you know, especially as dark as the world is getting, our light needs to shine ever so brightly. You know, Jesus said, you don't take a light and put it under a basket. It's not time for the church to hide. It's time for the church to shine. It's time for the believers of the Lord Jesus Christ to have an influence on this generation. Now, um... Daniel, I'm, I'm going to read some of these, but some of these I just want to quote to you. But if we think about the story of Daniel, we all know about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel. They were taken as captives, right, in, um, into Babylon, and there they were, young men. They were smart, brilliant guys, and the king had ordered them to eat a certain type of food, and, um, you know, Daniel said, you know, just give us a trial period. Let us eat. You know, we don't want to, you know, um, cause ourselves to sin against our God. Let us just eat the foods that we're comfortable and accustomed to. And so they ate the food. And um, Daniel used his influence in a very subtle way. He, he allowed himself. He didn't go in there just, you know, screaming, I will not eat that pork. You know, it was like, hey, just give me a test run. Try us out. Let us see. Let us eat from, you know, from, from what we're accustomed to eating and see what happens. What would happen is that, you know, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were more strong. They were brighter looking. They, I mean, they excelled because they were allowing an influence to grow and develop. Now, the key about influence is influence is powerful in a dark place. And I encourage you because all of you that work right now, you have to be an influencer in a very dark place. And it's not something you have to go in there, you know, raising your hands. I'm a Christian. And, you know, it's allowing yourself to be light, allowing yourself to be salt. 
And, and we see as we go through Daniel's progression, he starts to get promoted. He starts to get all these, these promotions. Well, one day there's people that want to try to throw him into, you know, a, an old lion's den. Remember that story? And it says that, you know, Daniel was thrown into the lion's den and um, he came out. God shut the mouths of the lions. But what I want you to see is that because of Daniel's influence, he not only influenced Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, some people that are around him that were cooking, his influence, his realm of influence just got bigger and bigger. He now was influencing a king and now he influenced an entire kingdom. And this is, this is what God has called you and I to do, to be influencers to this generation. That we need to allow Christ to be Christ in us. And you know, um, the, the thing I love about that is, you know, as we see in the word of God, is that God needs a human you know, a lot of times we wait for God to do supernatural things. God just rained down fire upon those working today because they're so mean to me. <laughs> Go ahead, God. Let it rain. Anytime now. Here it comes. <laughs> you know, we, many times we, we expect God to, you know, to do supernatural things. But if you look in the word of God, God always uses a man. He always uses a woman. He uses a human person to do a supernatural thing. You know, and I think about, um, about what, you know, we've had today. I can't, if I, I can't pass the word influence without ministering to every mom and dad and grandparent in this room. You know, we have the greatest privilege to be influencers of our children. You know, and, and what a privilege it is to, to see these babies being dedicated to God, being consecrated unto him for his purpose. But now, parents, it's your job to be a godly influence to those children, to raise them with godly principles and morals, to, to teach them the infallibleness of the word of God, to know that this is, this is the final say, that what God's word is the final say. Because you know what? That's going to back you as a parent. Because God backs his, the parents as the authority over their children, that they should obey their children. And with that, they would have a long life and be blessed. And so, you know, be, be influenced this, influence your children to be godly, influence your children. How, how do I do that? Let them see you pray. You know, when, when you're in the car and somebody pulls out in front of you and you want to, you know, you know what you want to do. I don't, I don't even have to say it. But let your influence choose to shine. Let your child, you know, come out. Glory to Jesus. Let, let something good come out of your mouth. You know, when, uh, when something bad happens, when tragedy happens in your home, let your children see you pray. Let them see you turn to God. Let them see you that when mom and dad is going through a hard time, mom and dad is going to seek God because we know that God is the source of our help. Right? You know, and, and in everything we do, you know, choose to be a person that influences our children to always point them to Jesus. I, I, I love what my husband, you know, has said about, you know, that, you know, we have our children for 18 years and we have to shoot them as straight as we can. And that means we got to line them up, you know, some a little tighter than others, but we got to shoot them straight because they want to rebel this way. They want to go this way. And we as a parent have that responsibility. You're not their friend. You're their parents. You know, you, you are the one who is the, the one guarding their soul. And my goodness, if we ever needed strong parenting, it's right now, moms and dads. 
That is your child. That is the one that God has entrusted you with that child. And you are the one that needs to know how to raise your child that according to the principles of God, because the world is going to try to mix up, mess up, distort, cut in half, to, you know, just manipulate that child into pieces. Confuse them. Just bring confusion into that child. And we need to point them as straight as we can to the Lord Jesus Christ, the creator of all mankind. Amen. Who loves us, who knew us when we were formed in our mother's womb. Oh, I love that. And so, you know, so, so we think about, uh, about the different, the different ways that we can influence and, and really quickly, I I want to, I want to go through scriptures some really, what time does it end? I always forget. 1130. Okay. We're good. All right. (laughs) I asked, I was good. All right. So I'm going to, uh, you know, when when we're at retreats, I mean, we just go for it. You know, we go on, you know, our own timeline and we snack and we eat. We, we prayed for four hours, four hours. It was amazing. I didn't even seem like four hours, but all right. All right. So I'm going to go through scriptures really quickly. You can either write these down or go with me, but turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Now, some of you in this room already carry a position of influence. Some of you already have a position of influence over other people. You're respected. You know, um, you command authority. You know, you have others underneath you. And um, I believe that God ordains people for those positions. And, um, and, and so much more because I believe that, like, just like with Daniel, and we could go through even different ones in the Bible, but I believe, like Daniel, like Esther, Queen Esther, that God positions us into, into the natural world to do something supernatural for the kingdom of God. And some of you are going to be placed into different positions, even in your community. You know, um, the storm that's hitting our nation right now, it's causing things to shake and to move, but that's not anything that the Bible hasn't already told us that was going to happen, that the nations of the world will be shaken, that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And the only thing that will not be shaken is God's kingdom and hallelujah that you and I stand in the kingdom of God. And so when everything is shaken, it's the time for you and I to be that influencer that is not being moved by the things that is happening in this world. We're not moving in fear. We're not moving, you know, in confusion because we stand in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11. I love Hebrews chapter 11, this whole chapter, but I want to pull out one, one scripture right now. In Hebrews chapter 11, um, verse 7, says that it was by faith that Noah built a large boat. Say that with me, Noah built. Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. And by his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. Now turn with me to Genesis chapter 41. You all must have computers out there. I don't hear no pages flipping. (laughs) Y'all got your iPhones out. Your Bible phones. In, 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 in uh, Genesis chapter 41 is the story of Joseph and such a powerful, you talk about influence, God placing a man into a position of influence. And in Genesis chapter 41, um, 
just to kind of bring you up to up to scale, Joseph is taken, you know, he he's sold into slavery by his own brothers, right? And he goes into Egypt, he's thrown um, into a prison. Eventually he gets into a prison cell because he's lied about. And in the prison, he meets two men, and they used to work for the king. It was the butcher, the, the baker, and the butler. The baker, baker, and the butler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The butler served the cup, and the baker baked the breads. Okay. And, um, and so he met the baker and the butler in the prison, and uh, they had dreams, and they, re- they told their dreams to Joseph, and Joseph interpreted the dreams, and then it came to pass exactly as Joseph had said. Again, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter if you're in prison. Come on. It doesn't matter where you're put. It may seem like, why am I in this hellhole? Why has God stuck me here? Because there's two people in there you might have a great powerful influence over. Like the butcher. Now, why do I keep saying butcher? Is that like a kid's poem? The butcher, the baker, and the... And the candlestick maker. Oh, my goodness. I'm around. I have grandbabies. I'm sorry. I have grandbabies. The baker and the butler. Back to the baker and the butler. So there's, there's, a, there's a place of influence. No matter where you're at, you need to be that light. And so he, even in, in Joseph's case, he could have been bitter. I don't want, I wasn't, I didn't deserve to be in this prison. I'm better than this. And you know, and, and many times we can feel the same way, but if we would change our attitude instead of looking at the surroundings and begin to seek God and seek God, what is it that I'm here for? There's a reason I'm here in this dark place. I know because I'm in an unshakable kingdom. I serve an unshakable God. You have power over my life. I've declared that you are my Lord. I declared that you are my Savior. And yet here I am amongst, amongst all these heathen. I've been, you know, maybe like Daniel, I've been cast in a lion's pit. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I've been thrown in a fiery furnace. But in all these places, and as Joseph was in this prison cell, he was in a position to be used by God to influence two people. Now, there's a, there's a word called synchronicity. Is that the word you always use? Thank you. I got it right. <laughs> got that one out right. My husband uses that word all the time. Have you heard the word synchronicity? Well, synchronicity means that, go ahead, baby, what does it mean? That's it. That's right. I knew. I knew. I just want to make sure he still understood what it what meant, you know. It means everything, that there's a connection to everything in your life. <laughs> there's a synchronicity. That there's a reason why this got connected here, and you don't see it here until you're way down here, and then that synchronicity kicks in. You're like, oh, wow, this happened over here. Well, that's what happened with the butler and the baker, yes, and, uh, in prison. <laughs> Is that they, they, uh, the baker actually gets killed as, as prophesied as in the dream and the, and the butler gets promoted. And so, and he's back serving the king and two years later have passed. And the, now the Pharaoh has a dream and, um, and then all of a sudden the, the, the servant who's burying the cup of wine, he's called the butler. (laughs) You think I would know that butler? Hello, butler, butler. Hey, butler. Um, The butler is serving the drink to, and he remembers about Joseph, synchronicity. He remembers, oh my goodness, I remember that there was a man when I was in prison, and he told me about his dream. And so now Joseph is being taken out of the prison cell, being shaved, being cleaned up, being put before Pharaoh himself, and he is interpreting his dream. 
And so um, now let me pick it up in verse 37. Uh, so Joseph, so now he's, he's given him suggestions. He gives, Joseph gives suggestions to Pharaoh. In 37, Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the spirit of God? And then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as as intelligent or as wise as you are. So you will be in charge of all my court and all my people will take orders from you. And only I sitting on my throne will have a rank higher than yours. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. And then Pharaoh removed his signet ring and his, from his hand and he placed it upon Joseph's finger and he dressed him in fine linen and clothing and he hung a gold chain around his neck. And then he had Joseph ride in the chariot reserved for his second in command. And wherever Joseph went, the command was shouted, kneel down. So Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all of Egypt and Pharaoh said to him, I am Pharaoh and no one will lift a hand or a foot in the entire land of Egypt without your approval. Now this is amazing. So Noah did what? Noah built a boat and now Joseph is ruling in a, in a position. One minute he is a prisoner and the next minute he's a ruler. He's second in position of authority. In, um, let's look at one more in Exodus chapter, chapter four, Exodus chapter four. I just want to lay these, these down and then I, then I want to explain some more. But in Exodus chapter 4 is the story of Moses. And um, again, what a powerful story we can see of influence, even from his, chil- his, his parents who protected him when he was just a child. But um, what happened is Moses, right? Moses is in Egypt. He's being raised by Pharaoh's daughter or, yeah, daughter? Yeah, Pharaoh's daughter. It didn't sound right for whatever reason. He's being raised as an Egyptian, right? He's being raised in a very corrupt, um, not a godly, a godly environment. But we find out that in the heart of Moses that he wants to serve the God of Jehovah, the the God of his people. He rises up. He he thinks that he's going to be the ruler. He rises up. He kills an Egyptian, right? Remember, just follow me. And then he runs for his life, right? In Midian. And here he's hiding for 40 years. Okay. The storm. And and I've shared this. I shared this at the retreat and it's a powerful statement. I want to say it again. When the storms of life hit our life, they can sometimes come to reposition us that that storm will reposition me from where one place that I was, I, I thought I deserved. It was a, you know, maybe I fled for my life. I'm at a place that I feel like I'm stuck. I feel like what I dreamt is over. I feel like everything that I thought was going to happen is done. But how many knows God knows exactly where you are? And, and I love it because even though Moses is hidden in the back desert of, of the, you know, out in this no man's land, he got his attention one day by causing a, a burning bush. Come on. Y'all see the movie Moses, the Ten Commandments. You, you know what I'm talking about. The, the fiery burnish bush is burning. And Moses looks at this bush and it says that he, he was amazed because it was burning, but it wasn't being consumed. And so it got Moses' attention and he goes and he looks at that. And I want to pick this up because now God begins to speak out of a bush. God can speak to us out of anything. 
right? God can use anything to speak to us. He speaks through a donkey. We see that even in scripture. So um, we, I'm going to stop right there. I won't even go on that one anymore. So in Exodus chapter four, I'm on 14. Let me back up just a little bit. He's talking to him from the fiery bush. And here's what I want you to listen to in verse one. God is saying to him, I'm going to send you back to Egypt. And Moses protests and he says, but what if they don't believe me or listen to me? He's saying, what if I have no influence? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? And the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? And he said, it's a shepherd's staff. And the Lord said, throw it down on the ground. And so the Lord, so Moses threw it on the ground and the staff turned into a snake. Moses jumped back and the Lord said, now reach out and grab it by its tail. And he reached out and he grabbed it and it turned back into a shepherd's staff. And then God said, perform this sign. The Lord told him, you know, uh, when he goes and stands before for Pharaoh. Now go keep that in your mind. What did he have in his hand? A staff. Now go to Exodus chapter 14. We find, and again, I'm I'm skipping over a lot of stuff with that, but what I want you to see is that God chose a man who had what he thought zero influence, and the influence that he felt like he had, it was negative. They're not going to listen to me. I am nobody, and matter of fact, if we looked even a little further into that story, we find that Moses says, I stutter. I can't even talk. I'm not eloquent. And, you know, God is not concerned about your weaknesses. God is not, he's not, you know, limited by your failures. God's not limited by your inadequacies. God is only looking for a willing vessel that says, God, here's what I have. This is all I have, but take it and you can use it. And what he had in his hand was a what? A shepherd's staff. And, you know, I believe that that represents that, you know, that was his, that was his job. He was a shepherd. God, you you know, maybe you've been thinking you've been wasting your time, whatever you've been doing, serving, you know, working for money, you know, doing a job every day. But I'm telling you, God can use your career. God can use your job, whatever's in your hand to become a very place of influence, uh, something that you know how to use and be something that God can be glorified uh, through your life. Life, amen. And so we come to the story in, in, in Exodus chapter 14, and the children of Israel have now come out of Egypt. I mean, just millions, right? They, they've come out of Egypt. And, and God it says very specifically in the beginning of 14 that God told them to go a certain route. Well, this route was going to cause them to come to the position where they have the Red Sea in front of them, mountains on their left and right, and then they look behind them and here comes Pharaoh's army after them. And they're caught in a very bad place. <laughs> And here's what I love, because here's this man that thought he had no influence, that that thought he had no power. Well, praise the Lord, because that's exactly what God needs, is someone who will look to God, who has confidence in their God. And here's here's the story, so let's pick it up. Um, Chapter 14, let's start reading in verse 10. Now, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up, and they panicked, and when they saw the, the Egyptians overtaking them, they cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Wasn't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have, we, what have you done to us and why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? 
We said, leave us alone and let us be slaves in the, to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corp, corpse in the wilderness. Now, how many knows that it's easy to lead when things are going good? It's a little different when there's crisis and things are happening to be a leader because you're the first one they're going to come after. <laughs> we told you, why are you doing this to us? But I'll tell you, God is looking for leadership in this hour. God is looking for men and women to rise as leaders, as influencers. And so here's what it says. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. That's what the leader first is going to do. He's going to bring a calmness and a stability. Do not be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. And then I love this in verse 15. Then the Lord says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Well, apparently the chain of command was happening here. <laughs> the people are complaining to Moses and he's calming them. But then Moses is turning to God and go, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Everybody stay calm. I've got this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and God, that, sorry, that's just the way I, my mind sees it here. Maybe because that's what I would do. Why are you crying to me? He says, tell the people to get moving. He says to do what? He's verse 16. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea upon dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they will charge after the Israelites. And my glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops and his chariots and his charioteers. When my glory is displayed through them, all of Egypt will see my glory and know that I am the Lord. That's exactly, that's exactly what God wants to do at your jobs, in your homes, in our neighborhoods, in our cities, right? I mean, it, it looks bad. We've got Egypt, Egypt running our tail this way. We're blocked from the left to the right. We've got a Red Sea in front of us, but it's the perfect opportunity for God to shine his glory through his church. Yes. And here, here's, here's Moses. So then it goes on. And it says um, in verse 19, so the angel of God, of God who had been leading the people of Israel moved to the rear of the camp and the pillar of the cloud moved from the front and stood behind them. And the clouds settled between the Egyptian and the Israelite camps. And as darkness fell, the cloud turned to fire, lightening the night, but the Egyptians and the Israelites did not approach each other all night. Now, verse 21, then Moses raised his hand over the sea and the Lord opened a path through the water with a, with a strong east wind and the wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. And so the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. And then the Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and charioteers chased them into the middle of the sea. But just before dawn, the Lord looked down on the Egyptian army from, and from the pillar of the fire and the cloud, and he threw their forces into total confusion. Come on, God is amazing. It says that he twisted their chariot wheels, making their chariots difficult to drive. And they said, let's get out of here, away from these Israelites. And the Egyptians shouted, for the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. I love that. You know, they found, um, they found a chariot wheels in the Red Sea. You know, they, they discovered that. It's amazing. 
And, um, but here, here's, here's an amazing thing. I, if we look at Noah, Noah did what? Joseph had to rule and Moses had to part with his stick. God had to use a human. Now he did some supernatural things, but he always waits for you and I to take that step of faith. He needs you and I to be brave, to be bold, to be courageous enough to have faith in a supernatural God that when God says to do something that seems crazy, you want me to do what? You want me to build a boat in the middle of a field? You know, you, do you realize that it had never rained yet? Do you realize that there was, they weren't building this boat on the ocean? They're building it in the middle of a plain. And, and Noah, it says, built this boat in obedience to God. He moved with fear. What that tells me is that sometimes, you know, I don't have all the answers, but I still got to move. I got to operate. I got to be obedient in fear, meaning I'm not going to let fear paralyze me. I'm going to be obedient in fear. Yes, I don't understand it. I don't have all the answers, but I believe that God who has all the answers, and I believe that God's going to do something supernatural. I don't know what. Noah didn't know what. But God raised up Noah to be such a powerful influence in his time because him and his family were the only ones that survived because he obeyed God and he built. In Joseph, when he ruled, God had to raise up a man that was willing to be obedient even though he felt like he was a failure. But God needed him to rise up. God needed a man to rise up. And God needed uh, Queen Esther to rise up. God needed uh, Daniel to rise up. He needed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to rise up. You know, we love. I love these stories. I, that's why I love to teach children's class. I love to teach the Old Testament stories. I love to show, do you want to know what kind of God you serve? Come on, he can take chariot wheels and twist them that they can't even ride. They're like going, going like this, you know, just riding along and, and falling out. This is a kind, this is a powerful God that we serve. And, you know, when we have faith and trust and confidence in him, what can God use you for? I know that, you know, like I said, with this whole new committee that's coming up, you know, we, I, I love that God put on Jim and Marilyn's heart to do this because Harvest Bible Church, we need to be people of influence. We don't want to be just hidden, you know, way over here in Stockton and have, you know, a, a little private club. No, we're all about Jesus. We're all about being light. We're all about being salt. We're all about being influencers to this generation. And some of you, you know how to do that in ways that, you know, that you can use on media. You know, you're, maybe you're a TikToker. <laughs> you can use your TikToker for Jesus. You can talk, talk for Jesus too. <laughs> some of you get my humor. Some of you don't know me yet, but hey, that's okay. <laughs> But I tell you, you know, um, I want to be a woman of influence. And, and again, I, I can go through scripture. I can, I can show you scriptures and people who are, who is a bad influence. What about Herodias? Remember Herodias? She was, um, influenced her daughter to have the head of John the Baptist cut off. What about Eve who influenced Adam who was there to eat of the fruit? You know, um, what about Saul who was influenced to disobey God? King Saul was, and he caused sin to come upon an entire nation. That's why it's so important that we, you know, we not only uh, listen to godly influence, but we also become a godly influence. Amen. I pray that you're challenged. I pray that you would just seek God wherever you are at in your jobs. And, and I know Pastor Mark and I, we have such compassion for so many of you that have 
come to us needing, you know, exemption forms and, you know, just needing prayer, um, just needing somebody to stand with you, even what you, those of you have walked through COVID with your family, you know, we as pastors, you know, we are here for you and um, we stand with you and, and wherever you're at in your jobs, whatever you're facing, the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, just we're praying for you. We're praying that you succeed. We're praying that your faith doesn't fail. Amen. We're praying that you succeed. We're praying that you become powerful uh, workers in the kingdom of God. Father, I just, I just thank you this morning. We thank you that, Lord, you didn't send angels down from heaven to preach the gospel. You commissioned us. Lord, you said uh, that you were going to make us fishers of men, that you were going to you were to make us be the ones that are the ones that share the most powerful message, the message of Jesus Christ to the world. And, and God, we've not always done such a great job with that. Humanity has, hasn't always done such a great job with that. But Father, we want to be uh, doers of the word in, in righteously and good and just and, and truthfully, God, we don't want to be compromisers of what your word says. We want to be um, men and women of integrity that uphold the truths, the values, the morals, the, the power of the word of God. And so, Lord, I just pray this morning that you would just help us. And I thank you that the greatest, the greatest influence you've given us is the powerful Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you for the Holy Spirit that has not only come in as a Christian and given me a new spirit, but you've also been given to me power from on high that I might be a powerful witness of Jesus Christ. And so, Father, I just pray for those this morning, those that may not know you, those that, God, that, that they would have heard the message this morning the Lord, you would just minister to their hearts. Let them know how much you love them. If they're a prodigal, God, if they've been running from you, God, I pray that you would just, just love them home. Just let them know your love this morning. Let them know how much you love them, how much you care for them. Just like Joseph, God, maybe some of them have been locked away in a prison. They just feel like they've been uh, all alone and no one's known where they're at. But God, I thank you that you've always known where they're at. And that you love them so, so very much, God. And I pray, God, that today that they would come home. And God, I just thank you for that. And, and I pray for everyone this morning, God, in their jobs that are struggling in their jobs, God, to be light and salt. It's very difficult, God. We are still human. <laughs> and so, God, we ask you for grace. We ask you for wisdom. God, give us supernatural grace and supernatural wisdom, God, to, to know how to be light, how to be influencers at our jobs, to, God, when... when when conversations are brought up that are not godly or they're, they're dirty, they're, they're cruel, they're gossip. God, I pray that you would teach us and show us how to bring flavor to that conversation and change it, how to speak life and not death. Everywhere we go, God, let us be the one that brings the truth and the peace and the joy of your presence. We ask in the powerful name of Jesus and everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.